Alrighty, everyone, this is the uh, nightcap edition of the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast available on Substack. Uh, maybe I'll throw this one onto the regular feed just for everyone to consume it because, uh, yeah, you may not be aware, but the I have a an extra podcast each week on Substack, and then you can get the regular podcast uh, with... Uh, with no ads, and I try to get it out early, but I don't always succeed at that. In fact, I think last week I fucked up and put it out. Um, I put it out one week late, or not one week late. I put it out on the Substack like an hour later. My mistake, not on purpose. Um, okay, so this is I'm like walking around my house trying to get ready for comedy. So I'm talking into a lav mic. I'm gonna get distracted at some point for sure. Uh, I've had a light comedy week that is, uh, soon going to become like last week was a light comedy week after coming back from Cascade. I've got some kind of uh, mid traffic weeks coming up and then I'm going to be just fucking inundated at the end of, um, the end of June into July, which is, uh, my wife, luckily she's a teacher. Some of you probably know that. And she is off for summer by then. So that'll be good. At least we don't have to worry about the uh, my life getting flipped, turned upside down uh, with regard to taking my daughter to daycare. But uh, yeah, so like end of July, I'll be, or end of June, I'll be in Wisconsin. And then July 4th weekend, I'm in Spokane, Washington. And then July, God, it's like 13th through 17th, or I think I'm fly, I'm going to end up flying out on the 13th and coming back on the 18th to uh, Louisville, which, by the way, flights are just so fucked. They're just so fucked. Um, I will end up making money on all those trips, but, like, every trip is going to cost, well, Spokane is going to be not extra, really. I mean, gas obviously costs more, but I drive a, I drive a Prius, so... Yeah, it might cost twice as much as it technically would have normally, but that's still like a pretty... Oh, shit. My golf clubs are falling over. Um, That'll be a pretty low... I've got, the, I've got this budgeted in, is my point. I will be fine in Spokane. So, right now I'm getting my merch shit together because I'm doing a show tonight in Westport, Washington, which it's probably too late for you to go to that show, even if you listen to this right when it comes out. You probably got plans. You got things going on in your life that aren't just waiting for me to tell you when I'm doing a comedy show. Um, and then I also have a I have a really cool uh, corporate gig at the end of uh, at the end of June that I'm excited for. Um, I've gotten a, a a good opportunity to do some corporate gigs that are not like traditional corporate gigs, which is exciting because. I'm not a dirty comic, but I'm not a clean comic. Like, I don't think people would watch my comedy and think that I set out to write a dirty joke necessarily, but I have actually been writing about a lot dirtier topics recently, and also I think that at least at the very minimum, all of the, uh, the jokes that I have, there's a darkness to them that isn't... <laughs> I got asked one time if I could do... Like, how much time could you do in front of, like, seven-year-olds? And 
there's probably some jokes I could do that the kids wouldn't understand the severity and reason that this joke is dark. But they're, they are, like, there's no doubt that these jokes were the kids to know they'd be horrified, many of them. Um, so yeah, like, realistically, I, to, I told the booker, one of the better career moves I think I've ever made, I go, honestly, uh, I think zero. I think zero minutes is how much I could do in front of seven-year-olds that they would enjoy. Like, again, I could do jokes that are going to fly away over their head. But my jokes are all these smart works of art, okay? They're not dumbed down for stupid seven-year-olds. Uh, the booker was actually very appreciative that I was honest and didn't go offend a bunch of families of seven-year-olds, which was which was good. That was uh, nice and refreshing. Um, oh, man, what do I have here? I don't like my merch right now. Uh... But I have a lot of it. I'm trying to figure out new merch to bring to Spokane. But I just... I bought uh, shirts for this podcast that I have never had the balls to actually try to sell. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll do that soon. Uh, I have... Um, these IPA face beef jerky body shirts that I tried to do two different things that I think are dumb now that they aren't selling incredibly well. But, uh, I, I am now, uh, yeah, resigned to the idea that I'm going to work through those. Hopefully between, by the way, I'm headlining Tacoma comedy club on Sunday and, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Okay. Let's get to the, let's get to the meat, baby. I went to Portland this weekend with my wife. Uh, I really love the city of Portland. I used, to, I mean, I not by the way, I'll still talk shit about Portland. It's got a bunch of goofball shit in the city, but I used to talk shit about it more when the Sonics would play the uh, the Blazers uh, when there was an actual I five rivalry, and then that that actually opened up again in the. Um, has has reopened. I'm not as passionate about major league soccer anymore. I've I've really like lost my passion for sports viewership and fandom for like pretty much anything other than the Seahawks. And I think that the and I still love the Mariners and I still enjoy watching baseball and I actually need to get to a game. The last baseball game I went to was opening day at the Tacoma Rainiers 2021. Um which is a a triple A team in the city that I live in. And man, uh yeah, I got to get back. But yeah, it's just you don't have time with comedy and a kid and I try to throw on sports with my daughter and she gets, you know, she's like got limited interest in anything that's not a cartoon character singing a song, so I'm trying to I'm trying to work on that so we we go to Portland. This is the plan. In 2021, my wife's birthday is in October, and for her birthday, I bought concert tickets to go see this uh, music artist that we both like, uh, Chris Stapleton, who's like, he's a country singer, but he's like a country singer that doesn't do any of the, uh, 
he, I've actually thought about this a lot because he's like, I think toes a brilliant line, which is he never talks about politics from what I can tell. The only reason I even have the inclination at all that he's somewhat liberal is that he did an NPR tiny desk concert. And that's, I mean, that's the only reason he's, uh, never talks about religion and, or, uh, or, uh, politics at all from my, from what I know and kind of just appeals to everyone. And that's kind of the crowd. Granted, it was Portland. If he's doing a show in, in, uh, well, he's from Lexington, Kentucky. Let's say he was doing a show in Lexington, Kentucky. It might not be as blended an audience politically, but actually we ended up, so our plan was we go see Chris Stapleton at the, uh, RV in style resort amphitheater. I think is what it's called in Ridgefield, Washington, which is, I gotta say is the worst fucking venue I've ever been to in my life. Uh, we are driving there. There's one marking that says, uh, like back gate to amphitheater, not available or whatever. It's a parking. We don't know what any of that shit means. We're driving. There's a big crowd of people driving that direction. Uh, there's no sign saying like parking this way. If you go this way, you're fucked. There's nothing like that at all. So we're, uh, we go, we wait, you know, we're behind 50 cars going down this one, one side of the amphitheater. And it's like, well, you got to turn left up here. It appears you can't get in this back gate. And then we're like, like six cars from the back. And we see this car pull up to the front of the line, talk to the person in the front car, point a different direction. I was, I thought something was happening outside of my house. So I paused, uh, in a way that was natural if you're here in person, but since you're listening, it might've seemed long. Um, yeah, so we, uh, we go down this leg, we finally get to the end of that and realize, well, we're fucked. We can't get in that way either. Cause we, what we thought is we'd be able to turn left to go to the parking lot, but they actually have the left turn blocked off. So now we have to go drive away from the amphitheater to get to the end of the line, which is we now, uh, let's say this, by the way. We showed up to the amphitheater, uh, leisurely fashion, 15 minutes before gates opened is when we arrived at our destination, the amphitheater's address in Apple maps or Google maps or whatever. Um, we assumed it'll take a little while to park. We'll probably be in about seven 30. That's gates open at seven. We'll be in about seven 30. We didn't hit, we didn't park the car. After having to turn, go to the back of the line, we actually cut some people off because someone allowed us to. Uh, by the way, we were probably fucking there before all these people. We just got fucked by bad luck going the wrong direction. Um, we saw people, everyone's getting out to piss. Uh, we saw some Chinese fire drills, which is probably now uh, an insensitive term, I'm realizing, where uh, the driver and the passenger swap seats. It was, it was a, a slog. It was, it was rough. And, uh, we finally get in and it's like raining outside, but it's, it's, uh, it's fine. We're prepared for the rain. And I will say Chris Stapleton kicked ass, but we didn't get to see a single opener. We didn't get to our spot until two hours after we arrived into our parking spot. 
And then we went, we got into piss. And then of course the piss line is, uh, cause we've been sitting in the car for two hours, by the way, extra above, above and beyond what we thought we were going to have to, uh, the piss line is long. So we wait a long time in that. Luckily the beer line that's right next to the piss line, very short. So I got us beer and then we created some piss along the way, sit down in our seats. Also, I guess this is kind of funny. Uh, somebody was sitting in our seats and I was like, Hey, you know, it's only two of us, but, um, so there's like these other open seats, but if these people come, like we gotta, you gotta, this, I was like very assertive. I was proud of myself. I was like, yeah, we're, you're going to have to move if it's, you know, we have 15 and 16 in this row. And they were like, ah, what section? And I was like, I think it's uh 207. And they go, this is, this is no, they, I go 206. And she goes, uh, this is 207. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Cause on the back, there's a big sign that says 206. And she's like, yeah, don't know what to tell you. This is 207. And then some people next to us go, oh no, this is 206. And I think what I, there's a couple things going on. I think these ladies that I was talking to were pretty annoying. That's <laughs> my guess. Cause the people told us they were like, yeah, we were happy they left. But here's the other thing that happened. We moved that. So there were like four women sitting in our seats, uh, and then there was one seat past them open and two seats before them where my wife and I were going to sit. <clears throat> well, once they got kicked out, nobody ever came to those seats. So my wife and I had like seven seats worth of space available to us and everybody kind of, cl- you know, closed it in, but it was kind of nice that I have to be like fully shoulder to shoulder. And, uh, and then we did this, uh, well, first off, Chris Stapleton, again, if you're not aware, check him out. He's like, I would call him like a little, a touch of like old school country before country was, there's great, uh, there's a great, what's that guy's name? Bo Burnham, uh, bit about like arena country singers. That's, that's a perfect depiction of what country music has become. But there was a time when country music wasn't this like kind of silly, empty political platitudes and arena rock combined into two things, right? Not a bunch of meta, like, uh, like, uh, stilted metaphors from, oh man, I can't, I can't even do it justice. Go watch the Bo Burnham bit. It's tremendous. Uh, Bo Burnham, it's probably just called, oh, I think it's called pandering. I think the song is called pandering. Um, just random cleaning noises in the background. Don't mind that. Uh, had chicken and broccoli for lunch because I'm a fucking health nut. I'm going to have some pirate's booty to offset it. Uh, so Chris Stapleton did this thing that made me, I mean, anytime I think comedians see other live performers, we get to see just what absolute frauds we are. So the lights go down for not very long. The stage lights, like the house lights go down, stage lights come up. Chris Stapleton and his band, after only like a couple of minutes of waiting, walk out and just start fucking wailing, just like rocking hard, like just blasting music at you. And it was like first two songs, high energy songs, never said high, just comes out, bam, two songs. Doesn't even say what songs they are, just comes out like... First riff, crowds in, seven minutes of fucking just rocking. 
And I, listen, I'm not a fucking music guy, okay? I'm not even, I don't like concerts, and I would say that this overall experience does not make me like concerts anymore. I don't, there's a thing uh, that is a compatible thing of my wife and I, which is that we perpetually think we should be doing more stuff, and then we plan to do that stuff, and we feel good at the planning stage. We get all of the joy of choosing to do something, and then when it comes time to actually do it, my wife and I were both like, I kind of wish we could just go hang out in Portland, and we weren't fucking going to this concert, because we're both tired, it's the end of the week, we've had long weeks, but anyways, Chris Stapleton comes out, and we're like, you know, not in a great mood overall, I was trying to, I was trying to rally the troops here a little bit, and uh, get us, you know, get us ready to enjoy this concert, and he comes out and just bam, 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 bam. It's fucking awesome. And then kind of goes like, how's it going, everybody? Like after two songs. And uh, yeah, pretty goddamn cool. Made me think of, I think that the uh, comparable thing is uh, Roy Wood Jr. has a special where he comes out and he starts his set as though you and him are in the middle of a conversation with each other. He goes, uh, he walks out, doesn't say anything, and goes, if we take down the Confederate flag, how are we going to know where the racists live? Or something like that. And it was just like, I've always thought of that. as like, you start the crowd out so engaged, you get a laugh like as quickly as you could possibly get a laugh. Right? Like that's under 10 seconds, the crowd is laughing. And I feel that same way about Chris Stapleton. Just come out, fucking don't say hi, don't say anything. Just fucking ri- like hit the hit the riff. The crowd is into it. Ba- like blast them for seven minutes, and then let it calm down and go. You know, all right, we're gonna do a little bit slower song after that. But like, oh man. And then my wife and I did. Uh, we did a couple a couple adult a- aging adult things, which is we got one beer. We, at a point, sat in our seats, which I was very happy with. I needed to sit. My knees were tired. My lower back was sore. I was like the intro to uh, King of Queens. Uh, My eyes were getting weary. My back is getting tight. Something, 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 the Queensboro Bridge tonight. Uh, Yeah, that was me. And that was my wife. We were both both tired. So we sit for a while. And then my, my, I did this thing that I've never done before. Because I haven't been to a concert since probably before this website exists existed. But I looked up what Chris Stapleton's set lists have been at past concerts. I don't think that he publishes them in advance. But I was like, okay, so this is this is what it's going to be. And my wife, because my wife was like, we could leave early. And I was like, this, it's your birthday present. You're welcome. We could leave right now. As long as you're happy. Like, I got you this for your birthday. By the way expensive birthday present between that and hotel i'm in a i'm in it in this thing about 800 bucks and uh and parking jesus christ i did valet parking for the first time just because i i didn't want my car to get uh desecrated in portland and it did not it didn't get lit like set on fire or uh or uh shit on or spray painted or anything like that but um so I was like, we can go anytime you want. And she looks at the set list and she goes, these are the songs that I absolutely want to hear. And then this is my favorite song. 
and I would like to hear that song. If I can hear that song, I would like to hear that song. However, if that song is actually second to last, which it shows on his most recent set list that it was second to last, I don't want to stay. I was like, this is why we're married. This is the compatibility we have is you don't want to stay. I didn't want to stay anyway. I'm with you. Let's go. You're not ruining my time. I'm a, I'm a fucking old grump. I was ready to leave before we got there. So uh, we did it. We left about four songs before the end. We got out. We were back in Portland by like 11.15. Chris Stapleton does, I think, uh, he does like two hours worth of... Um, two hours worth of music. And we got to hear about an hour 40. And then we missed all the rush to get out because... My wife and I actually have had an experience like this in the past where we went to an amphitheater that was poorly organized. I'm starting to think that these like outdoor amphitheaters might not be the most well-oiled machines. Uh, when you take like a fucking empty field in a rural area, put a bunch of gravel out with poorly marked parking lot and uh, don't have a lot of buy-in from the local like police to help guide traffic or whatever... I think uh, th these might not be the most advanced business people in the world. We went to the Oddball Fest uh, comedy festival many years ago at the White River Amphitheater in uh, near Seattle. And by the way, I know if you live in Seattle, it's not actually near Seattle. But if you don't live in the in Washington State, it's near Seattle. Just fucking, it's that's all you know. You don't know another city. It's probably closer to Tacoma, but you probably don't know Tacoma. It's in Buckley, Washington, I believe. It's either Buckley or Auburn, Washington. Did you know those? Did you know those fucking cities? No, I don't think you did. It's near Seattle. Rural part near Seattle. And uh, yeah, we spent like two and a half hours trying to leave that. And I think we had to work the next day too. It was just a, just a fucking disaster. A lot of like, a lot of like, uh, where people don't want to let you in. So you have to like close your eyes, poke your nose out. You're playing chicken with someone else's fender. Like, yeah, pretty gnarly. Anyway, though, um, we get done with... Uh, the other thing that happens at concerts is, like, I like Chris Stapleton, but there are people that love him so much that the moment, like, he plays the first chord on guitar, they're like, yeah! And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I mean, I need, like, fuck, give me a bar. Uh, give, me the, uh, give me to the chorus before I... I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure I know which song this is. You know what I mean? I just am not, I'm not into music like that. Um, what else do I have written down? Portland's fine. My Portland report is that Portland's fine. Uh, it doesn't seem like there is as severe a homeless issue as I was uh, want to believe. I think maybe, hopefully there's a happy ending to that where there's some people being taken care of. But, uh, and by the way, I'm sure there's neighborhoods where it's rough, but I, I think Seattle's in worse shape right now. And, um, uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's like comparable to Austin, Texas, which if you ever, if you heard me and Greg Beachler talk about the homeless situation there, uh, there's not nearly as many homeless people as Greg wanted there to be there. Uh, we did, we stayed at the Hyatt in downtown Portland 
right next to this place that I wanted to go called the Multnomah Whiskey Library. Actually, that's, I think, the place where there's a ton of homeless people in Portland is down by the river. Uh, not, <laughs> not an intentional reference to the old Chris Farley, Matt Foley sketch, but um, and we, I, I knew that because I had been down there at some point recently. So we actually uh, chose our hotel, I think, wisely. Pretty good neighborhood. Also, what I did not realize is that there was a pride event going on right down the street. And another thing that I didn't realize is that NASCAR has stepped into the LGBTQIA plus pride game. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, it is good, by the way. I mean, I think if you know those, there's always those uh, those arguments that uh, these like you know Apple and Microsoft and all these companies that do this like virtue signaling woke shit, uh, where they put the rainbow flag up for the month of June and they pretend like they care about uh, people more than money. They don't do that shit in the the funny thing is always they don't do that in Saudi Arabia. They don't do that in places that have a lot of money and also more homophobic uh, religious and government policies. Um, well, NASCAR coming out in support of NASCAR is Saudi Arabia. Our <laughs> NASCAR's fans are the people of Saudi Arabia in this analogy, like. For them to come out is actually like people got mad. I looked at the, they did it on uh, Twitter. They were like, you know, or whatever, uh, pride is good, something along those lines. <laughs> had, I had to explain to my wife what a ratio was because it has like 4,000 likes, like uh, 250 uh, retweets, and then like 6,500 quote tweets and a bunch of replies and people are are mad and like there's there's parts of the country that I think we forget are like especially if you live in like a place where I live where even the conservatives are pretty much like who cares about gay marriage uh you forget that there's people who are like it's an abomination you're supporting a sin NASCAR you're supposed to be this 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 uh this sports organization that is born from bootleggers and prohibition you were, you're supposed to be upholding the virtues of society. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's how, I mean, people are stupid and they're ignorant and they're hateful and they're, and they're, uh, those are different things. Uh, there's some people that are certainly hateful and some people who were raised Christian or whatever, but I know, I found out that NASCAR was, <laughs> I found out that NASCAR was in the pride game because I don't know if he was homeless or if he was just incredibly intoxicated, but I saw a man sleeping in a NASCAR pride flag in the outdoor dining area of a uh, Jewish deli, uh, I think Jewish deli, uh, right by our hotel. It's <laughs> like, is this a joke? Is NASCAR really in on the pride game? And they, they are. It turns out they are. Um. Not a bad, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, we were getting into the, getting into the old, uh, <laughs> the old NASCAR pride. Uh, not a bad transition into, by the way, when I do make a good transition and then analyze the transition, uh, does make it a bad transition. I turn something good into something bad. 
I'm aware of that. Uh, Phil Mickelson has decided he's going to play in that or got added to the field of this, like, I don't even know what it's called. It's It shows LIV. I don't really know what that means. It's a new golf tour. I actually, by the way, I found out there's one in Portland or near Portland, Oregon. And it's uh, it's the week right before the 4th of July. Otherwise, I was like, damn, I could probably go to this. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, I love the Saudi Arabian government and everything they stand for. Why not go to this event in Portland? I actually... Uh, it's confusing to me because we all make, uh, we're all such hypocrites that like, I think Saudi Arabia does some very bad things, but it's also weird that people are, they love or they hate, we hate Saudi Arabia. We won't stand for Saudi Arabia, but we're like, Ukraine's cool, but Russia's bad, but China's fine. And Australia and New Zealand are cool. And all the European countries have it figured out, except France won't let women wear hijabs in public and uh and uh Norway's got a bunch of shootings and just a lower population and everything's fucked we're all hypocrites and so I would probably still go see these uh great golfers there are great golfers involved in this LIV thing but Phil Mickelson hasn't played competitive golf since like March because of comments that he made that got leaked around then about how he, I actually, this is the thing that I'm getting at is I don't actually understand what's so insidious and so nefarious. And I'm sounding like, like 1990s Mike Tyson right now, but what is so bad about what Phil Mickelson said? He acknowledged that like the Saudis, the Saudi government and the Saudi money that this, that's funding this tournament is owned and being spent by, I think as he calls it, some scary motherfuckers. And they killed Jamal Khashoggi, who was a, a journalist, was a journalist out there. And, uh, you know, whatever, they did a bunch of bad stuff. They were involved in 9-11, I think. Some Saudis were. I'm not a... Uh... What I don't understand is, like, so we... I mean, people take money from immoral sources all the time, and we are penalizing. I have a problem when we penalize people for being honest where we would not have penalized him the way that, cause there's other people, there's other people playing in this thing. There's like 48 professional golfers playing in this, in this uh, tour. And uh, Phil Mickelson's taking, getting it the hardest, uh, getting it, you know, the worst. And I don't really think that's, I don't understand why that's fair or right. I'm not saying that I agree with what he said, uh, I don't even think, again, he's not saying, like, actually, it's pretty cool. He's saying, in my opinion, this is what I read, and so maybe there's more significance to this, and I'm happy to hear about it if there's something more. But he was like, we have, like, the PGA Tour is fucking the players. We have this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to build some leverage, to gain some leverage, and so we're going to take it. And now people, what they're doing, you know, in this country where liberals claim to be for, like, the laborers, which they never are when it comes down to it. They're a bunch of fucking elites also. It's elites versus non-elites and extreme versus not extreme. Those are the divides in this country. There's a wealth gap. There's a fucking... Ah. 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 But... Yeah, I mean, like, Phil Mickelson is taking a stance 
against a bunch of billionaires. And, uh, like maybe used some harsh words or was too honest. Again, like we can't, I don't want to, I don't like the thing where we penalize someone for being honest, but not all the people that didn't say anything. Because it's, to me, it's like, it's short. And then we'll also say shit like, we'll be like, he didn't even have the guts to apologize. And then when someone apologizes, it's like, well, let's, we got to beat him down harder because he admitted to it. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's, I thought that's what you wanted. So Phil Mickelson's going to play in this thing. And then he's also going to play in the U S open, which is a little bit like, uh, you start fucking a new girl and then you bring her around to hang out with your, your ex-girlfriend. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I mean, we're just, we are, our obsession with fucking people for words is so annoying. And I don't agree with what Phil Mickelson's like, like glib assessment of, well, it's worth it because thing is, but also, I mean, you're telling like how much money goes like the fucking Waltons, the uh, Walmart owners just bought the Denver Broncos for $4.5 billion. That's their moral enough. Who, where do we draw the, I just almost tripped on a fucking, uh, case of water at my house. That would have been a great podcast. Or if I broke my toe, fucking sub my toe on it. Uh, yeah, the Waltons are moral enough. What, where do we draw the line? When do we like, what, what's the, I don't know. I guess the Waltons never officially killed a journalist, so. All right, I think we've done enough damage to my uh, career and reputation here. This one probably will not go out on the regular feed. Now that I've said uh, these these very, I feel like, lukewarm, uh, lukewarm uh, things about the old the old Saudis. But anyway, we that's the group we've decided is bad. So uh, all these other groups are fine. Until they're not fine. Until, yeah. All right. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. This is not good. Thank you for listening. Follow me at the Casey McLean. Come see me do stand up, and please, for the love of God, uh, go to my Substack. Thank you. Bye.